Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. There we go. There's Hamid. I'm looking bright red. I'm trying to run 5k every day now, and it, as it's getting sunnier and sunnier and sunnier, I'm getting redder and redder, and I decided to come <laughs> home and put on a white t-shirt. So I'm like a bright red uh, tomato at the moment. So hopefully that will, yeah, that will decrease over the uh, over the next hour. That that'll be fun. We can scroll through the video later and see how red I am at the beginning compared to how red I am at the end, and that's nice. a good reason if you're listening to the podcast to uh, come and watch the video. Come see my tomato face. Yeah, come see the escalation <laughs> anyway. of the tomato face. Uh, and I and I was listening to something yesterday, and they spoke about Australia having a gap in the ozone layer, which means they have an extreme issue with people turning into tomatoes out there, which is a bit of a problem. Anyway, that's just a side note. Um, today we are Thursday. on Thursday, and and we're talking. It's day four essentially of what we're talking about this week, which is. Uh, starting with business in mind, and if you remember what we've been speaking about over the week, it's understand that business is all about providing value to the market. And Tuesday we covered how to find a good market, how to find the market, the niche, the people we're going to speak to. Yesterday we spoke about what value is and who determines what value is. It's not us; it's actually the market, and they are indifferent to your opinion, my opinion, Carl's opinion, and so on and so forth. And we also spoke about how we best provide that value to the market. And we decided that, and we got your agreement on, we need to solve the problem. That's the key. Uh, out of all of this so far, if you can take one big takeaway, it's we need to solve the market's problem, especially the niche market that we've identified. Now, we showed you yesterday how to now find out what people's real problems are. Not gut instinct, not, oh, my friend down the pub says this is a problem, or I've been thinking that this may be a problem for years and years, or my wife says this, my cousin says this, whatever the score is, my best friend says this. It's finding out what people's real problems are based on search queries based on what they search for in Google. And we showed, a, showed you a few other tools to use in order to find out what people's real problems are. So hopefully you started to execute and use those. Now, yesterday we left you in a position where you may have been starting to think about products or ways or services in which you can solve these problems that you're starting to discover. So you would have gone through the exercise and you'd be thinking, Oh my God, I can create this. I can create this. I can do this. I can do this. And that's amazing. Um, we did say that today we're going to be talking about that in more deal, more detail and specifically answering the question, how do we actually provide that value? Now that leads us nicely on to what I've spoken about already and Carl can take over, which is the way we're going to provide value is by fundamentally solving their real problem, not assumed problem, their real problem. So over to you, Carl, just to talk into that space about solving a problem. About solving a problem. So yeah, all businesses or all successful businesses are built upon problem solving. We create something of value. And as we talked about over the last few days, the only way to create something of value is to solve people's problems. Mm. And when we looked at, as Hans just mentioned, how we find out what those problems actually are, and then we kind of dig a bit deeper to get their true problems. Um, this is vitally important. We're solving their problems, not our problems. It's not about how we make our business successful. It's about how we serve other people. If you are not on board with this, and this is a big mind shift um, switch, and I, I get that. If you're not on board with this, um, I would say take some time, uh, reflect a bit. I wouldn't bother at the moment um, proceeding with the rest of this course, proceeding with... Um, today and tomorrow because we're really going to be coming from that direction by deciding we are going to be serving other people we're going to be solving their problems we we have to do that exclusively um, we will also help ourselves later absolutely but right now we need to commit to solving their problems so if you're not on board with that go and watch the video from yesterday and come and chat to us in the slack group as well um, because i know that's a that's a tough switch for some people to make and that's fine Oh, Harmon just dropped out for some reason, so hopefully he will appear. That's right, you get to see me in full screen. Um, so what are we going to do today? We're going to be looking about how we provide value. So um, we, yesterday, um, maybe you already started to think about 
different products, different services, different things that you can produce for the market. That's absolutely great. Most people start with those kind of ideas before they think about the market, before they think about uh, units of value. There he is, back and bring it back in. Um, so by holding off until this point, until now we're on day four, um, now we can start to outline what our product and service offerings are gonna be. So it's a totally uh, flipped way of doing this. We didn't start with products, we instead started with the market. We worked out what's valuable for them, what their problems are, and now we're gonna be looking at how we deliver value to them, how we package up value and get it out into the market. Yeah, so that leads us on to the next question, which is now how do we solve their problems? That's the key, that's what we're focusing on. Now, how do we solve their problems? In terms of, you know, and, and we're not, and by this question, we're not gonna be diving immediately into, okay, you should create this exact prototype, you should create this exact product, or this service will be revolutionary, it's gonna change the game. That's not the purpose here, the purpose here is to lay out the different ways in which you can solve their problems from the ground up. Because if we build from the ground up and have a solid foundation in terms of um, different ways, different forms, then once we shared this with you once this week, into the future, you can have a different level conversation with yourself, your business partners, um, in terms of when a new idea pops into your mind, you can try put it into one of these forms, which I'm going to share with you in a moment. Now, if you are already jumping the gun and thinking, I have an exact product that will be amazing, you can by all means share that with us in the Slack group. It's private. Uh, me and Carla are there to help you, and we can talk you through that um, scenario and identify which form does that uh, fit into. So let me talk about what forms of value there are. Now, on Monday, we spoke about a gentleman called Josh Kaufman, who wrote a fantastic book. It's popping up on my laptop at the moment, The Personal MBA. And in that book, one of the things he highlighted was what is a business, which we discussed on Monday. There you go. Oh, that's lovely. You've got a different cover to me. I think you've got an earlier edition, which I like. That's nice. I've got a golden, golden looking book. Now, the first edition. After, after all of this um, plug-in we're doing for him, we should get him to sign our books. We, we have no affiliation with Josh Kaufman. We just think his book's great. Um, yeah, it's, one is, it's amazing. It's book. And if you heard Carl on Monday, he shared the fact that he did a personal, he did a MBA, uh, did MBA. MBA, and then came out of that, read this book, and was like, okay, well, half of that wasn't covered. So, yeah. incredible it's book. First, first edition. I should look after it a bit better. Nice. I must have the, the latest edition uh, but that, that one looks vintage i love that so also in that book as well as describing what a business is he talks about the different forms of value and he actually highlights 12 and i pulled this into the notes um in the show notes we'll try to pull the website but you can find it you just google josh kaufman personal mba 12 forms of value and it will appear in more detail this, this whole book is online um so each one i'll just give you a very quick look it is a title um, a little quote and then a bit of text from Josh, Josh Kaufman. That's all available online. It's segmented. Um, so each chapter, each section is its own page. Um, so you can just, as Harm says, put in 12 forms of value and it will pop up. Um, I do recommend you go and buy this, but it's not necessary at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if, if but like, like anything, if somebody's giving you that much value, which is what we spoke about yesterday, what we spoke about Tuesday, then why not support them and purchase that book? It will, it will, it will be a quick access guide rather than sitting at your laptop and going through blog posts, etc. So super useful. Now he speaks about the 12 standard forms of value, um, as well as one of the chapters or segments within that book. Now, any of these could become the basis. Remember, I said the foundation, the basis of your business. And let me list these out for you. And again, you don't have to memorize these. These are referenceable. Um, and we're actually going to narrow down on some of the most important ones we think you can get started with. So let me, let me list these off for you. So number one, in terms of a form, is a product. Obvious one, people are aware of that. Next is service. Another one is shared resource. Then you've got subscription. You've got resale. You've got lease. You've got in the form of an agency. You've got something called audience aggregation, which we'll explain in a moment. You've got a loan. You've got an option, you've got insurance as another form, and capital. Now that's 12 different forms in which you can base your business on. Now, these are all going to be different 
and will mean that you're going to be operating different business economic vehicles to deliver that value by solving the market's problem. But there's 12 there. But Carl, we're not going to dive into all 12, are we? Otherwise, we could be here for days. And also, not all 12 are going to be applicable from the get-go. Yeah. So we're going to be focusing on the ones that are more relevant for online business because that's what we teach. That's mm -hmm. our niche. Um, any of these could be the foundation of your business and it's going to depend on your market. It's going to depend on your expertise. These are all different ways of packaging up value and getting it out to the market. All equally um, valid, just not necessarily um, in every single market and not necessarily all online, or at least some are going to be better than others for online. So that's where we're going to focus. Um, a few of them that you could be looking at, so something like audience aggregation, Audience aggregation is getting lots of eyeballs um, in one particular place. Sorry, that sounds gruesome. Not physical eyeballs. Again, yeah. <laughs> it's a marketing term. Um, lots of views. So um, lots of people looking in a particular direction, whether it's a billboard or um, a more modern example, a, a website. And then you run adverts. Um, that is basically audience aggregation. You have a lot of people paying attention to you. You can monetize that by running adverts or sponsored posts or whatever it is. Um, we're not looking at that. But that is a perfectly valid form of value for online, but not for today. Agency is another one here. Um, so in the book, it says market and sell an asset or service you do not own on behalf of a third party, then collect a percentage of the transaction as a fee. Great, mm. great business model in, in online UK, marketing. In the UK, we maybe refer to it as a broker. So in the UK, a physical version of that is a broker. Mm -hmm. And online, we tend to call it affiliates. So I'm promoting or selling someone else's product. I take a percentage of that sale. It's not my product. So I didn't create the product. I'm just saying, hey, this is a good product or service. And then I take a percentage. Again, perfectly good uh, form of value. You can make a lot of money with affiliate marketing, but it's not the focus today. Uh, resale is another one which you uh, just mentioned. Resale in the book is acquire an asset from a wholesaler, then sell the asset to a retail buyer at a higher price. This is drop shipping. This is fulfilled by Amazon. This is, you're not actually um, manufacturing the product yourself. You're finding products generally from China, from Alibaba or AliExpress. Um, these are where you find wholesale products. And then you are basically flipping it and selling it on Amazon to individual retail people. Again, great business, not today. Mm -hmm. um, so reset is drop shipping in the online world or for, by Amazon. Yeah. Instead, what we're going to be focusing on are uh, product, which is one of the obvious ones, uh, service, and subscription. These are the big three we're going to be focusing on today. Um, they are our preference. They're not, I would say they're probably the most relevant in the most amount of markets. Um, and they're going to be a good place to start. But that doesn't mean you should uh, close your eyes to all of the rest of the opportunities, all the other ways to provide value. But we'll start with these three for now. Hmm. And then I'm sure in another course, we can go into a deep dive and do, um, you know, we, I mean, I could talk for hours on each of these. Um, exactly. That's not what we're going to do now. Yeah. Um, so, so, for example, you know, all of these items, all of these forms um, are completely valid. You know, capital is completely valid. But again, we want to come from a place which can apply and be applicable to as many people and accessible to as many people as possible without assuming things like you've got a lot of capital to lend or you've got a lot of capital to uh, reallocate or invest with and things like that. So we want to strip it down and make it very accessible. So let's start with the first one. And we'll talk about the, the order of these a bit later in the show. But the first one is product. And this is the most basic one, the most simple one, the most the thing that's most well known. And typically we think about it as, you know, a tangible object, you know, a glass, a sharpie pen, just picking up objects off my desk, because they are typically thought of as tangible. Because commonly, and especially in the past, we thought of these products as physical goods. Um, I've got a hard drive there, I've got a coffee pot, I've got a mug, I've got books. Like actually something that's made. Yeah. Actually, something that's made, you know, the phone, but also uh, just as relevant in nowadays, and people do often come sometimes miss is a digital product like an ebook. So we've got I've got a bookshelf of physical books, but also an ebook. We just published one uh, two weeks ago, which is uh, number two in the job hunt category on Amazon. So you can go check that out. Two hundred different ways 
of making money whilst working from home, whilst in lockdown, whilst COVID-19 going on. So go check that out. That's an exciting book with commentary on a few different areas and includes 200 different website links in which you can start to generate income online. So that's a version, that's an example of a digital product. And that could be an ebook. And there's lots of other examples for that. And often you can buy the same basic product in both forms, physical or digital. Mm. So right now I'm looking at a PlayStation game that I want to get. And I can either buy it through the PlayStation store, and that would be digital. That's something that's downloaded. There's no physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just downloaded onto my hard drive. Or I could buy the same thing, the same product as a physical uh, disc. Um, and yeah. I get the same value either way. But um, the the line between physical and digital is increasingly blurred. Yeah, but with, the, with talking about PlayStation and the digital game products, I don't feel like they're passing on the savings of the, the discs and the logistics. And I don't, I don't feel like they're passing on that saving to the customer because the digital version seems to be priced exactly the same, sometimes higher or higher, the, yeah, or higher than the physical. Suit. Hey, PlayStation. Um, yeah, well, it, it's in a weird. Well, I won't get into it, but it's in a weird place in the market right now where physical physical goods in general are being phased out um, mm. and replaced with their digital uh, components. So PlayStation want, um, PlayStation and someone like Amazon Prime, they want you more downloading their films or their games more than they want to be shipping you discs or shipping yeah. discs to retailers because they don't want that cost. And, and the um, reason for that is, it is actually the next point, which is the big advantage of products in general are that they are scalable. So, for example, you make it once and it can be made again and again and again. So you create your prototype, it's manufactured, it can be made again and again and again. But in the case of physical goods, like we just spoke about, there's a cost connected to that, the manufacturing, the shipping, the logistics, the uh, quality control, the, the hiring supervisors, the safety inspectors, all that's things that, that come a part of the manufacturing and distribution process play a role there. So it's not like... The more you sell, the fixed costs stay the same. Actually, the fixed cost can sometimes rise with the higher quantity that you're selling. Now, if you translate this to digital, which is what me and Carl just spoke about, it is infinitely scalable. It's incredible. And often, the fixed costs don't really change the more they sell. Um, that's, the, that's the reality of it. They may have to have, have bigger servers. They may have to have those kind of things in the background, but they're very Tiny. marginal, very not marginal compared to the distribution, manufacturing costs associated with a physical product. So our preference, if you said harm to car, what's our preference? We prefer digital reasons, uh, digital products for those main reasons. It, it's just scalable in an incredible way that physical products mm. can't be scaled. Um, although they're great, they can't be scaled. And I've talked about this before, um, but it's worth reiterating. So with my Chinese business, I used to sell giant posters. They were A0 printed on A0 paper, which is massive, really huge, um, and then rolled up into a cardboard tube. They were very heavy. They were very long. Um, they could bend quite easily. Um, I had to pay for them to be stored and obviously to be sent around the world. Sometimes they get bent, sometimes destroyed, sometimes lost. Um, I used to sell that poster for... I don't know, $30 or something, most of that money would disappear from shipping. And then I'd get returns whenever it was damaged and I'd have to refund on that. So what I did was said, nope, this is crazy. I'm going to only provide a digital version of this product. So, so I started to sell a PDF file, which had the same information on it. It solved the same problem for the end user. And we're going to be talking about this a lot today. Um, it solved the same problem, but in a different form, in a digital form of the product rather than a physical form um, and my profits went through the roof after that. That's a great um, case study because remember our products need to solve the market's problem that's the key and the way in which we do that is we ensure that our product that we create matches the uh, problem and provides a solution to that market now that's important so what we don't want to do is start conjuring up uh, product ideas that Okay, I know what the problem is, but I think this product might be better, better suited. No, actually, let's just match it, especially at this early stage. Let's find a product that fits and matches. Um, so the product that is purchased by the end consumer actually solves their problem. Um, an example is yesterday we spoke about escaping chickens. So if you, if you're thinking what you guys are talking about yesterday, we researched one of the niches, which is, appears to be a profitable niche. 
uh, on the surface, which is backyard chickens. Now, we could solve various problems. Escaping chickens from yesterday uh, means we can produce a physical product like a very secure coop, like a chicken coop that's very secure, doesn't allow, or surrounding, doesn't allow the chicken to fly away. Um, if it's digital, that could be an ebook detailing the best methods in which to ensure the safety of the chicken uh, and ensure the safety doesn't, uh, the, the chicken doesn't fly away. We want to match the, the problem and the solution here. Uh, it could be a video course. As another example of a digital solution, you could have an ebook, but some people may prefer you to film your chicken coop and, and the methods and the tactics that you use in the background that could become a digital educational piece solving their problems. Um, now, a good example there was, yeah, if you sell physical coop, you're going to have to send it. Uh, I mean, it's going to—it's a big item made of wood and mesh, etc. Mm. That needs to be shipped over, and that's going to cost you a lot to ship. What if instead you created a PDF which shows people how to create that coop yeah. using stuff they can buy from B&Q or um, Home Base, or if you're in America from Home Depot? It's like, okay, you get these pieces of wood. You need this, 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 and this. You need um, X uh, square meters of chicken wire, etc., etc. And then these are the steps to build it yourself. So yes, you might still sell the product to people, and that is $500 or £200 or whatever it is. But then you can say, okay, if you don't want to buy this premium um, item that we have manufactured, that's absolutely fine. You can also buy a PDF, um, which has the step-by-step instructions and the blueprint for building it yourself. Um, or you can get a video course, which is it includes that PDF, and I'm going to be walking you through the steps. Um, mm. So it's just another way to consume that information. These are all products. Mm. Um, and they are all solving the same problem. The problem is my chickens are escaping. How do I stop them from escaping? Um, but instead of just having that one product, which is this big bulky chicken coop we're having to send all over the world, suddenly now we're being a bit smarter about it. And we are continuing to solve the problem using uh, more scalable and cheaper um, digital goods, which opens up our market and um, allows us to solve the problem for more people. Yeah, and if you're curious about you know the video course element of it, if you just rewind into previous BBO shows from memory, it's actually last week, so depending on when you're watching this, go check out that. We spend five days on talking about how to create your first digital online course within your niche area. So this is great because you've got your niche area now. Now you know what how to put that video course together and get it to market, which is extremely important and solve their problem. So go check that out. And regarding ebooks and putting together detailed PDFs, that's something at the BBO show we'll be covering in the future. So that's fantastic. That's a product. Now, Carl, what about the other area we want to focus on, the other form, which is services? Services are, again, just another way of solving our market's problems. So unlike products, and this is the big difference, they are not easy to duplicate. So a product, once you've created it once, be duplicated it can be made again and again and again whether it's a physical good that's made again and again in a factory or it's a digital good where you just you know copy paste like literally duplicating with digital is super easy um, a service cannot be duplicated in the same way instead each time you perform the service each time you serve a client um, it's going to take your time and there's no way around that you can hire we, we won't talk about that so much but it's always going to be tied to the amount of time it takes to deliver that service. Whereas with a product, no, there's no such time connection. Um, so a really good, I mean, we did some podcasts with people in osteopathy and physiotherapy recently. Um, and these are fantastic examples of a service that's really hard to productize uh, because the, the basic, it's not impossible, but the basic um, form of value delivery is this service. It is a, literally a hand service where the physio, physiotherapist or the physical therapist will have to actually literally hands-on with your muscles and bones, um, finding out where the problem is with your physiology. Um, so let's say I am a massage therapist and um, I provide massage as a service, professional massage service. Um, so my problem is, okay, my patient my patient my client's problem is they yeah. have sore muscles and they want somebody to help them solve that problem as a massage therapist i can do that i can rather help them uh, with that particular issue that's the service 
So what happens if that massage therapist or myself suddenly has 100,000 bookings? What, what are they going to do? Um, if it was a product, we would just sell 100,000 units and we would take that to the bank and we'd be very, very happy. If it's a service and we suddenly have a huge spike in demand, we can't, um, we can't fulfill it. We'd have a, a queue, a backlog of clients for the next four or five years, probably longer than that, uh, because the service is inherently not scalable in the same way that a product is. Absolutely. And then the flip side of this, so, okay, so that's, that's the, you know, the, the, what a service is and the challenges associated with it. But on the flip side, a service is typically more lucrative than a product. And what do I mean by that? For example, if a consultant or if, if, let's, let's look, use a chicken coop as an example, which is, uh, cause it's quite a wacky example that the chicken coop may produce an ebook or a video course that can be, uh, build it yourself. Um, that kind of information, uh, stop your chickens from escaping using these five methods, which you can build at home. Now they could probably sell that for 15, 20, 25 pounds, but the service in which so, for example, the product off the back of that may be a chicken coop. Maybe that sells for £500. Now, the service could be, I come and install the chicken coop for you. That often um, increases profit margin and it starts to act as a premium uh, offer. Now, the same can be put in the world of consultancy. The consultant may download their thoughts, their knowledge and information into an ebook. The ebook sells for 10 15 £20, whatever the currency is. But to hire that consultant in to come consult on the business would have a premium um, fee associated with it. It could be £500 for the day. Consultants can typically charge £1,000 for the day, or they can charge double somebody's working salary to spend a month with that business, putting together a strategic plan or whatever consultants are doing within that field. So they can be more lucrative. And just to expand on what kind of services can you then provide? Think about training, think about education, think about events, think about conferences, giving talks, public speaking appearances, consultation, which I explained, uh, mastermind sessions, uh, one-off workshops. Like These are all different ways in which you can provide your service for a premium, uh, premium fee. But remember, it's not scalable. It becomes a challenge when you want to scale it, whereas that's where the product has the advantage. Um, so again, when we are thinking about what kind of services can I provide, we need to once again, and I know this is repetitive, but we need to come back to what yeah. that problem is. Um, so Hans just gave a great example. Yes. Um, a customer could buy my book on making my garden chicken proof or building a, <laughs> a chicken goop that they can't escape from, um, or they can buy my 500 pound product or they can hire me personally for a thousand pounds. I will come, I will install a chicken coop. I will chicken proof their garden, yeah, etc. Yeah. as a service. It's done for you. I will do all the work for you, um, but I'm still solving the same problem. I'm just making it easier for you. And as a result, you need to pay me for that. Um, mm. That's how services work. Great. Now, the um, final one we so, wanted to talk about was subscriptions. Mm, I've. This is almost an honorable mention because it's... Okay. It's, it's often connected with either um, products or services, but subscriptions in particular are increasingly, especially nowadays, a really popular uh, form of value. In fact, a lot of things, uh, a lot of our salaries now go on subscriptions. Uh, things like Netflix um, is a uh, very common example yeah, of Amazon, a subscription. Amazon Prime. Yep. Yeah, um, so any that. kind of continuity product. Um, so we think about subscriptions of things like a gym subscription or a subscription to a magazine, but it can be any type of continuity product. So something like a um, dollar shave club where you sign up and they send you razor blades on a regular basis. That's a subscription. Um, it's just, we are, we're used to using the word subscription more for magazines and stuff like that. But nowadays it's an incredibly common and very powerful, uh, form of value that's used by, um, most online businesses who are smart and increasingly offline businesses as well who need regular revenue coming in the door um really there's no excuse not to add one of these into your business 
once you've nailed down your products and your services, if you can create a recurring version of either a product or service, you're going to be in a very good place. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking something like the Peloton bike. I know this because a few people have ordered mm-hmm. it around me. Being locked down and saying, okay, well, I need to work out indoors, Peloton have just nailed it. So Peloton sell the product, which is a couple of grand worth of bike, and then the subscription yeah. service along with that is the like the video live uh, lessons where a coach or a uh, bicycle instructor, uh, I'm putting that to, uh, I'm not giving that the, the, the credit it deserves, but the, the person uh, helping somebody exercise is a subscription service. So that's a nice example of a hybrid uh, of that. And almost certainly they make most of their profits from the subscription. Mm-hmm. They probably don't make that much money upfront from the, uh, the product itself, even though it's a very high ticket item. I imagine that's a relatively low profit margin item for the business for Peloton. And they'll make all their money from the subscription. Yeah. Because for them, once you have, yeah, you've got people tuning in for your live lessons. It doesn't really matter if there's a thousand people or 10,000 people tuning in. Um, they're still all viewing the same live lessons. So it's massively scalable at that time. Yeah. And I think another example is I spoke about yesterday, uh, nappies. So they got nappies on subscription. So you can choose the size of your bundle and subscribe and it comes with this amazing level of convenience as well so subscription is a fantastic model and i agree it should be a part of or starting to introduce it as part of if you've got an existing business then start to think about how i can introduce that within my existing business um, on value that can be delivered ongoing and somebody pays for that ongoing value as part of a monthly weekly quarterly subscription if i think about companies which execute this microsoft microsoft office annual subscription uh dropbox and annual subscription it just they take the money out they count every year um but I if mean, you don't then you don't get to use their products even photoshop now used to have to spend uh, yeah. hundreds or maybe a grand to buy photoshop back in the day now they have something called creative cloud so you just subscribe and you're paying a much lower entry cost um but you pay it for a longer time so adobe the people who make photoshop actually make more money um, so that's a really nice feature of subscriptions is there is a small entry um, it's a lower cost to enter it might be five dollars it might be ten dollars a month which is an easy price point to get people uh, purchasing your product but it's a continued and stable sale it's a very stable source of revenue um, over time so it's small entry unlike services but it's also continued and stable, unlike products, which are one-off sales. So subscription is kind of the best of both worlds. Um, and if you can fit it anywhere into your business model, we definitely recommend it. Agree. And just remember, though, the subscription can't just be the subscription for the sake of it. It must serve the problem. It must solve the problem. So, for example, if your market is you help people lose weight within a specific niche, I know that's quite a wide example, you know, it could be monthly check-ins it could be meal plans exercise tips it could be escalating somebody from a beginner level exercise person to somebody who can do 20 pull-ups and um, it could be monthly motivation now say for example a client wants to learn digital marketing you know you want to spend time with myself and kyle want to learn digital marketing could be a monthly drip of content um so that's that's important so that's two examples kyle um of but fitting the, 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 the problem yeah the key thing there is yeah primarily the recurring nature of this product um, or this service needs to be it needs to be valuable for them you're not making it recurring just because you've heard us saying oh this is a really good business model for you again we need to be thinking about how we solve their problem so yes yes you'll get paid on a regular basis but why would they go for a subscription rather than just buying a product or just buying a service so it has to solve their problem so with the example of weight loss yeah, sure. Somebody can go and buy a meal plan. They can buy a book about exercise. They, they Those are products. But what they're not getting there is a monthly check-in. They're not getting um, kind of hands-on approach with a with a personal trainer who's saying, hey, how's weight loss going, for example. They're not getting that accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, so by joining up to a subscription, which provides those kind of added bonuses, uh, they're much more likely to reach their goal, which is solving that problem getting rid of that problem that they had yeah. uh, same with learning digital marketing as you just said if we drip feed content over weeks months um, even years it's much more likely that the 
customer, the person who wants to learn digital marketing, the person who's paying the subscription, will actually make their way through the content. Um, and they'll actually action it and they will therefore solve their problem of, I want to learn digital marketing. Whereas if we just throw 200 videos at them and say, there you go, um, most people will shut down like, that's too hard. Um, so it needs, to, again, it needs to match. Um, subscriptions are fantastic, fantastic business model for you. So that's a bonus, but the subscription uh, has to make sense for solving their problem. Absolutely. Not, not just a subscription for the sake of it. You know, yes, it's yeah. great, but it has to suit them. So the next part to focus on then is what is, and I mentioned earlier, we're, let's order these. Let's give you our suggested order in which to introduce these three forms, the product, the, the service, and the subscri subscription. Which order should we place them in and introduce them to the client? And then match that with a typical commonly used value ladder. And I'll explain what that means in a moment. So we looked at three rough categories. And now let's give you our definitive preference of order. Now, if you used to write this down, if you've got a notepad, the best way to structure this is to go from product first, then to subscription, then to services. Now, this has got a particular reason for that. And why is that, Carl? Because most businesses would actually do this the wrong way around. Yeah, most businesses, especially early businesses, would probably start with services. Mm. Um, there's a model called Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, um, which, I mean, what is it? Is it, it's, uh, so, sorry, it's uh, salaried, so employee, employee, then you go to self-employed, then you go to business, business owner, then you go to investor. Yeah. And it's basically how you're making your money. You're either being paid salary um, or you are a freelancer and you're making your own salary um, as a self-employed person, or you own a business and you have people working for you um, or systems working for you and the money comes in from that, or you're an investor and your money works for you. Yeah, with the core philosophy of you either exchange your time for money or build an asset base or business where the money comes in regardless of how much time you spend on it. So it becomes an automatic kind of income. So it's just shifting from one side of the quadrant to the other side of the quadrant. So that's the key. Um, and most people automatically default to services, which actually fits typically on the employee freelancer side of the equation. Because it's still linked to time. Um, so yes, you might, might be self-employed, so you think you have a lot more freedom. But as long as you're still providing services, you're the amount of money you can make, the amount of value you can put out into the world is still going to be tied to your time. Mm. Um, and that's going to limit the scalability. That said, a lot of people start here, they start in the self-employed quadrant because um, if you've come from a salaried position, if you've come from being employed and then you've struck out on your own, the natural thing to do is to continue to provide the service you provided in your job, but now you're just providing it as a self-employed person. So make more money and it's a quick way to get cash in the door uh, but you are still selling your time basically um, yeah so that's why we start with products um mm. because they're infinitely scalable and we spoke about that previously especially if you stick with our preference which is digital digital prof uh, products are amazing and they are scalable and that allows us to when we say continuity move into some form of continuity rather than come out of your current position and go to services we go to products, which means continuity in terms of time management, continuity in terms of a consistent product, i.e. one product, uh, continuity in terms of the, the income coming in month after month after month. These are all the things that we want to get uh, continuity around before we then move on to subscription and then move on to services. And the service, yep. treat services as the, the final destination as part of this three-form process that we're discussing. Yeah, instead of the first step. I do understand why people use it as the first step though, because it brings in cash faster. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, if you're just starting out in your business, maybe you will be doing services on the side, but the problem there, the trap there is that it will, that will be your focus, um, mm. will be services and servicing clients. And yes, it pays the bills. Yes, it gets you cash, but it's not a good basis to grow the business from that point onwards. Um, so that's why we're going for products, subscriptions, and then services fantastic so what i'm going to do is i'm going to draw something in the background whilst you explain mm -hmm. it and then it'll make sense hopefully midway when you're explaining it i'll pop this diagram up sure so um we're going to give you what is the classic online funnel 
this may or may not be the right funnel for your market. This may or may not be the right funnel for you, depending on your uh, business goals and aspirations. But we're going to give you the classic, so at least you have uh, the spine or a template um, that you can make edits to instead of coming to this entirely, uh, entirely out of the blue. So we're going through products, then into subscriptions, and then into services. And I'm going to give you the different uh, forms of value that we can use or are used in a classical online funnel in each of these categories. We normally start off with a very low cost, uh, but still high value ebook. An ebook is something that could be developed relatively quickly. Um, and it allows you to get your value and start solving the problem ASAP. This could be a, a Kindle. Um, this could be a published book, but that's means you have to go through gatekeepers like publishers. Um, so we tend to suggest sticking with Amazon for now, sticking with digital. Um, so that's going to be your first form of value. Again, you have identified the problem. You're using the ebook to solve their problem. The second product will be some kind of course, uh, which will be very similar to the ebook, but going through in more depth and going through um, using video, which people tend to value more than they do text. People will spend a lot more on a video course than they will on an ebook. So we're starting to escalate, we're starting to increase the price point already. Uh, the third step, or we're still in products, will be some form of physical product. Um, again, this is going to depend on your niche. Maybe physical products are totally irrelevant. Um, in which case this would be a more premium digital product, uh, maybe a piece of software, for example. But it's going to be a higher cost product that people will purchase. So we've kind of gone ebook to course to some kind of physical product um, or a higher cost premium uh, digital product here. These are the three products. And then we're going to move into the next category, which is going to be subscription. Um, normally we'd have some form of membership or subscription here. If you do have physical products, it might be a subscription for the physical products to continue delivering um, X amount of units per month. If you're entirely digital, then it's going to be a membership group where you continue to help them solve their problems by adding accountability. It's what we talked about earlier by adding community, by adding a constant feed, a drip feed of new content helping them action the information you've been giving them earlier on and helping them to move towards their goal. So that's our subscription. Then and only then, once we've built this, um, this foundation, this base of products and a subscription service, then we can start to add in events um, so we're, uh, and services. So we're moving into services here, starting off with one-off events, uh, then things like masterminds, coaching, consulting, one-on-one, -on -one. Uh, where you are actually selling your time but that's really at the high end um, once you have delivered a lot of value to a lot of people earlier on in the funnel with your products uh, you have a continuity offer in place and then you can start to sell your time and because you've built all this value up until this point the price point for your services are going to be high enough for it to be worth your time great so i love that so let me just summarize that with a diagram and introduce what mm. this diagram is so that's what uh, Carl has described to you. Now, this can be presented in the, the funnel concept this way, the classic funnel concept sideways, diagonal, whatever it is. But the model is, is very much this. Let's focus on the product first, then the subscription, then the service. Now, the products has different elements within that section, which scale of everything from digital, video version, physical, and even a membership can be digital in terms of let me get drip fed course as an example or it could be membership product which is i spoke about nappies you know physical product um that's another example of that so then we get into the services which becomes a premium item most people jump into the premium item here and then struggle and because the, the reason they struggle to go back and fill number one and two of this funnel and actually create those items is because all of their time is consumed providing a service they come home they're exhausted weekends they're planning for the next bunch of service services services can be events groups consulting coaching and that all has a physical demand like it seriously does uh, i've worked with people who are public speakers who do training do events and the demand it takes on them physically in terms of time preparation delivery and recovery it becomes very difficult for them to go back in time or feel like they're going back in time and produce the product 
and subscription. That becomes very challenging and overwhelming because all their time is spent in service. So let's think about this. Now, another way to describe what we're talking about here is a value ladder. We are going to be escalating people through a value ladder, but at each stage of the value ladder, we're solving the problem. Now, the problem that we're discussing is that, you know, whatever it is, whether it's chicken coop, whether there's a problem within the consulting, within the business, within the HR practice, uh, whether it's somebody can't stick to their diet, whatever the problem is, this entire, what we call a value ladder, will ideally solve that one problem. That's the key. That's the key to having a very profitable value ladder. Now, the other element to consider is each of these items should be a complete solution. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this item shouldn't intentionally be built to leave somebody overly hanging, hanging off the edge of a cliff saying, okay, well, you have to buy my next product or to get the complete solution. Then you have to buy my next product to get the complete solution. Secret in the next stage, like it's yes. a little like you're reading a comic or a TV show, you get to the end of the book and it's like, okay, here comes the big reveal. I oh, need to buy my course. Mm. Like, or you got to wait till the next episode. In the next episode, so it's it, but in the next episode, you've got to pay for the next episode. You've got to pay for the next, episode. and then even at this point, it's consulting, which a client and the, the challenge with this. Okay, look, the challenge with this is people in today's marketplace understanding marketing, understanding how many options and products are available to them, will start to get turned off. Oh, what? I, I bought the ebook and the course. Now you want me to buy a physical product. Well, I bought the physical product. Now I've got to... it becomes a feeling of, uh, you just, you just wanted me to buy more things. Whereas, how do we do this in a way in which people are comfortable to naturally escalate through the value ladder? And the way we do that is fundamentally by ensuring each element is a complete solution. And that's another big mindset sit a mindset shift massively um now kyle what's what's uh what's you know what's some common objections with what what i've just shared with the listeners uh, what, what what we because we, look, we deal with clients we consult with clients and when we explain this to them they have objections so when kyle explains this hopefully it helps answer the objections you may have inside as well Sure. So we show them that and we say, we're going to be answering the exact same problem. We're going to be solving the problem all the way through. We focus, 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 focus. We're just solving that problem in different ways, using mm. different forms of value. And they'll say, well, no, they'll just buy my $5 ebook and that's it. Um, they won't buy anything else. They're not going to come to my events. They're not going to sign up for my subscription. They'll buy what's the $5 the, what's ebook. The point having this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, this is not how the market works this is not how people get their problems solved um, and there's a couple of reasons for this um, uh, and because of these reasons it means we can escalate people we can take them from uh, one unit of value to the next unit of value even if we've given them everything they need to solve their problem at each step even if it's a complete uh, solution I mean think about the number of weight loss books on the shelf in, in, in Waterstones or in a big bookshop hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books hundreds more coming out each and every year um but the basic idea is oh you need to you know eat eat less eat real food move around a bit more like that it's it's quite basic but there's still a market there um even though the problem has been solved technically by many 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 books so don't worry too much there's two reasons why so the first reason is once you've solved an initial problem in, let's say, the ebook or the video course, the customer or the, the market now knows more about the uh, what you're teaching them. They have more knowledge. And the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Um, you're going to have additional questions. So let's say my first question is, I want to get backyard chickens. Where do I buy them? And um, read an ebook and it's like okay this is where you buy backyard chickens these are good supplies etc all right done it got it okay oh god now i've got another question like how do i feed them how do i keep them alive uh okay there's a video course that goes through the best ways to feed them to keep them healthy um and you know care for my chickens fantastic all right um oh oh now one of my chickens got a bit sick how do i protect my backyard chickens from salmonella it's getting more and more specific. 
which means we can have different products um, and different subscriptions and different services addressing all of these um, these kind of sub problems that will arise in the mind of your customer as they go through this value ladder. So yes, they still have the same overarching problem, but as they um, learn more, they're going to need to know more and more and more, and that allows for that natural escalation from a simple ebook into a course, into some kind of physical product, and then membership, um, and then even into consulting um, in the service sector. So that's the first reason. The second reason is a little more brutal, but also quite accurate. Um, people are lazy, hmm. basically. Uh, again, why there's so many weight loss books out there already. If people read one weight loss book, got it, and then followed the advice, they wouldn't need another weight loss book. Um, and it's the same in every niche. The information's already out there. I mean, we have the internet. All of this information is out there. You could probably learn how to look after your backyard chickens just based on stuff online, but that's hard work. Um, so people will still buy an ebook. They will still buy a course. Uh, they will still buy a $500 chicken coop instead of building it themselves because you're offering convenience. You are helping them solve their problem um, in the easiest possible way. And that's what we're doing with this value ladder, with this escalation. We are solving the same problem, but we are making it easier and easier and easier for that problem to be solved. I mean, at the top end, it's basically done for you. Um, we will take you by the hand and we will consult with you. We will do it for you. Um, and you don't need to worry about anything at all. Obviously, that comes with a higher cost. So people are buying results. They're not just buying the book. They're buying the result. Um, yes, they'll read the book, but if they do not act on it, they're not going to get that result, which is why they might look at something like a... Um, like a, a membership community so they have other people they can chat with to help them get through small problems to get them closer to that result um so great another great example is a pt we know that if we do you know burpees and squats and press-ups then we will tone up so why do we hire personal trainers why is there a personal trainer industry um we could probably just do burpees at home and we'd get the same result eventually because we're lazy we're lazy we are we know if I spend 30, 40, 50 quid an hour or whatever it was on, on a PT, uh, he or she is going to kick my ass and I'm going to do the work. I'm going to show up to the gym. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to do it properly and I'm going to get towards my result. Um, and I think this is vitally important. People need help um, yeah. to solve their problems. And that's all we're doing with this uh, value ladder is we're focusing on the same problem. We have the through line all the way through. This is your problem. This is how you solve it. But we're just doing it in greater detail and with more support, more help in order to increase the probability of them getting the desired result. Absolutely. And the desired result will be applicable to them depending on what stage they are at in in regards to what sub-problem they're solving. Because at the start, the sub-problem is going to be very basic. We've got a high-level problem here, which covers the entire model. But each of these, when we start to discuss a sub-level, we can't hit them with the overwhelming information that is out there online. That leads to no results. That actually leads to overwhelm. So what we want to do is make it very easy for them to achieve the results by answering sub-problems, sub-problems, and then ease them through the process. And look, some people will crack on and get on with it. Some people will fall off the wagon, stop purchasing. But there will be a, a group of people, and we only need a group of people, who will come and purchase our premium product and service. And at that time, we now, because we have done steps one and two, made a product and a subscription set, and now we have time to uh, exchange our time for premium price point because the rest I think that's really important. Mm. Yeah, because if the product's in place and it's selling, if the subscription is generating this revenue every month, suddenly you are a lot more hands-off. You have that time if you so please, to run an event mm. or to do one-on-one -on -one consultation or to put together a mastermind or a retreat, take people to a you know, a mansion in the south of France for a retreat, whatever it is, um, you now have that time because you have this basis based on products and subscriptions. Yeah. And, and that's Rather than the other way around, exactly. which is start with the services and then you're so swamped with the services that when somebody suggests, oh, you should write an ebook or you should put together a video course, all you can think is like, you talking about no I, I need to keep yeah. working you get you get stuck in the um like it's like a hamster a hamster wheel yeah they, you know they call it the the 
the hamster wheel, the rat race. Rat race. But then, you yeah. know, for example, a lot of people leave their careers and jobs in order to pursue and be more autonomous and independent. They end up at the service stage first and then they get fed up and they're thinking, why on earth did I ever leave my job? This is a nightmare. So, well, they've just made their own job. They've made a job for themselves and it's a harder job because they're also having to do the business elements like accountancy, um, like for the business, as well as doing the technical skill um, that they had in their old job. And yeah. this happens quite a lot. Yeah, a lot. But, all they've done is created a job for themselves. Exactly. So if we do it this way, we have a better chance of, of the holy grail, which is working on the business, not in the business. And we appreciate everybody has to go through a certain level of, I have to do everything. I get that. But if we build it this way, there will be a point where you can step back and work on the business and charge a lot more for your time and your products and your premium services, your workshops, your public speaking talks, uh, et cetera. There's a reason where, let me just think of an example. There's a reason why Jordan Peterson can travel the country and Jordan Peterson, a, a popular psychologist lecturer at the moment, has written a few books. There's a reason he can go, go on every single Popular. podcast. Popular and unpopular. He's a, you've picked a controversial choice. Lots of people do not like him. Let's both. use Josh Kaufman. Uh, okay, let's, he, this I, I, is a product. Yes. He's created a product, which is a book. Each time you buy it, it costs, I don't know, $20 however much it is. Um, so he's making revenue from this. Fantastic. However, what if you want to now hire Josh Kaufman to come in and consult, do business consulting for you? He's going to be charging a lot of money for that, um, yeah. for his time. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's... And the reason I use that example is because I've I've seen the business model, which is they he's, his value ladder, and regardless of whether you like him or not, let's look at the business side of things. His value ladder is... Jordan Peterson has got... A book, which is also an ebook. He's got a course which they sell for fifty, hundred, like a psychoanalyst test or whatever. Um, not sure about the physical product. He's probably got a membership site associated with this and a community, which allows him to tour the country, literally in podcast, a podcast, and doing lectures and and you know being popular and unpopular and whatever. But it's the fact that he had a product and a subscription service which allowed him to step out the nine to five lecturing role which is what he was doing as part of his career. So that's where it becomes powerful. And you know, the personal MBA authors, just as powerful like that, no doubt he's consulting for the largest companies on the planet and charging a premium for it, right? And so, okay, fantastic. So we've covered a lot today and we've plugged a big gap in the entire week, which is how do we specifically provide value to our niche market? How do we do that? We do that by solving problems. And how do we solve their problems? Well, we pr provide them one of 12 forms, which we've discussed, of adding value to the marketplace. We narrow down specifically on products, subscription, and services in that order. Why that order? Because it allows us to produce a, this is a typical value ladder, but it allows us to produce a value ladder in order to free up our time later on for charging more premium price for our services in the marketplace and solving the higher level problem which people have and they want they want it done for them you know for those reasons that Carl described so that's a lot now at this moment in time you know you may be thinking I've got okay I'm starting to get some exciting ideas on what products and services and subscriptions I can provide amazing start to note them down because tomorrow we're now going to dive into a competitive com competition research uh, your competitors research to see what's already out there and also find you and ourselves a nice gap in the market to start to profit from to start to talk to to start to help solve a problem within that gap so that's what we'll be doing tomorrow so then you can start to match these ideas which you're noting down to that gap that we help identify tomorrow so it's massively important. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about why you specifically in helping out with competition research and helping you narrow down that gap. Amazing. So uh, we've covered a lot today. Hopefully now you've your this is built into you in terms of understanding. You understand what a product is, what a subscription is, what a service is, and why they are fanta three fantastic ways to add value and answer the question, how are you going to add value? What, how are you going to solve people's problem in the marketplace? Amazing. So before I sign off the show uh, for myself and Kyle, remember to subscribe, follow us with the show is every day live Monday to Friday. 
The BBO show is streamed live on YouTube at 12 o'clock, Facebook, Twitch thereafter, so you can catch us then. The recordings are available on the YouTube channel, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another show. Also, come join us in the Slack group. That's in the description below. That's a private group where you can ask me, Carl, questions based on what you have been learning within the particular weeks. Every week, we hone in on a specific subject and spread that learning out into digestible, consumable chunks. So by the end of the week, you can implement what we're talking about. Looking at this diagram here, you can implement what we're talking about. So come join us in the Slack group. That's a good place to chat to us. And finally, we've got an ebook out there on Amazon. That link is in the description below as well. 200 plus ways to help you make cash during the current climate and whether you're working from home, you've got more time, you've been furloughed, you need some extra cash in your pocket, this list will help you. We've got commentary on four categories, which is one, it requires no skill whatsoever. Number two, if you've got the power of the English language on your side, you can generate cash from that. Number three, if you've got professional skills, you can cash in on that. And finally, if you've got creative skills, how do you start to cash in on that as well? So 200 different ways with commentary in the ebook is literally available for the minimum price Amazon allows, which is less than a pound slash a dollar. So go check that out. The link is in the description below also. So that's myself. Amazon bestseller. We have the little tag. We've got, we've, we've nailed it. Digital marketers who've nailed the Amazon bestseller is, is Amazon bestseller in a category called job hunt. Um, mm -hmm. but. There we go. That's 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 how how it's done. It seems to be popular and it seems to be useful. Hence the download. So go check that out. Completely available for you. Basically a pound. Awesome. That's myself and Carl signing out. We shall see you on tomorrow's show. See you tomorrow. <laughs>